Welcome back. This is part two of my conversation with Mike and Ben. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go back. All right, so we are going to talk about your musical choices. So the songs for this episode, because I quite often talk to people that I don't know and I've never met, I never know what they're going to pick. But this, because because I've done a lot of listening to Euro What, because I'm a friend of the show, I, I, I thought I knew what you guys were going to pick and you didn't pick it. It was like the newlywed game, you know, from oh, the 70s wow. where they've got the cards, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, they separate the husband and the wife and they've got the cards and then you get a point if your cards match. Yeah, I didn't win in any of these. Oh, really? I definitely had a hunch of, of one that Mike was probably going to pick and I was correct. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get it right. I, I, I went with Spirit in the Sky and the Roop song that didn't, the, the Roop song from the Eurovision that wasn't. That's what I was going with. But no, that's not what you picked. So fair enough. So I lose this edition of the Eurovision Newlywed game. All right. So Mike, let's start with your, the two songs that you We've got Corpore Sano, which I have not done a ton of research about because like it just happened. Mm. So I'm sure people will remember. Why do you love this song? I think it's a masterpiece. I was so blown away by this song the very first time that I heard it. Uh, And this one's from Serbia. I wasn't able to watch Serbia's selection process in 2022, but I was uh, because I think it was a super Saturday. So there were so many other things going on. And it was a super. (laughs) <laughs> not our term that's, that's our what term. Tw- yeah. that's what the fandom calls it like that that is our ter- that is not our term that is the general fandom's term is like if you have like five different semifinals happening the same saturday that's a super no, saturday but that is not a super saturday that is that is like i would have to get up and have a yeah. drink <laughs> just like right off for breakfast i get so yeah. much laundry folding done it's great uh, okay. but uh yeah but i was seeing uh tweets coming through like talking about like Meghan Markle and Serbia I was like wait what is going on here and like listening to the song and watching the performance and the performance at the Serbian final is uh, very similar to what was uh, presented at Eurovision and yeah it's a style of song that I really respond to like this really kind of moody art pop uh, and yeah the messaging of it was so like you could get the story of the song immediately. I do not speak a word of Serbian, but I knew exactly what this was, the story that Kostratka was trying to tell. And then like looking into the lyrics and uh, see, like really trying to get under uh, like a fuller understanding be like, wow, there's a lot going on here. And it's just talking like Eurovision is not a political contest, but this was a very political song. Yeah, it was really touching on the issue of like how our public institutions failed us during the pandemic and every single element of the song. You you could pull out any little piece and probably write a five-page essay in about 20 minutes. Like it could be about the instrumentation, the the heartbeat backbeat of the song, the uh, the choice of costuming, the waving of the white towels by the priests jumping up and down, the clapping hook t- uh, to the chorus. I mean, there there is so much going on. And that's not even getting into like the art references that are part of the presentation. It's so brilliant. Every single piece of it is thought out and I absolutely love it. 
I don't really care whether you're in the minority or not because I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're in the same minority. We're in the same minority if we are in the minority. But I know that that song gets a lot of grief online from the fan groups. You know, every time there's like some poll on like what's the worst song and, you know, that comes up a really? lot and it always makes me a bit sad. Yeah, like it's a prank. Like people think about it like... The people that post these kinds of things think like, oh, it's a prank song or a joke song or it's they, they kind of weren't affected by it like that, like like you're explaining, which I certainly was. And yeah, I do yeah, think yeah, about I'm just it like, but we all like art. clapping along and going BD's drama yeah, so much. And that was the thing. Like it, it, uh, <laughs> it works on two but, levels. But, huh? did, but like in the arena, everybody knew what their role was during that song. Like everybody was clapping along, but not just during the performance, like during the recaps when the voting windows are open, like you go through the recap like two or three times uh, during the semifinal and the final, everybody was clapping during that as well. And like, you could hear that through the oh, broadcast. Oh, crazy fun. Yeah. And uh, like, I, I'm Super surprised fun. that people think it's a prank song. I mean, granted, like there's the yeah. Meghan Markle line, but it's like, no, you got to get past. Yeah, it's gimmicky. That's why they think that it's gimmicky. Yeah, but it's just like, you got to get past that. And like, as soon as, as soon as you start doing the tiniest bit of digging, there's so much to latch onto with that song. And one of my favorite things from this year was particularly at uh, Serbia's uh, selection final, but I think she debuted this performance possibly at another final or, or an award yeah, show. Yeah, like an award show. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, there was like a techno remix dance break added to the end of it, which I think is a reference to the pharmacy signs uh, outside of like uh, European pharmacies where it's kind yeah, of. Yeah, the green yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, where it's, uh, it was this meme on TikTok where it's. Like yeah, this yeah, yeah. The TikTok would, would put like, would put like just like full drum and bass music over over like the the, the animation the european yeah. pharmacy side just going yeah. real hard <laughs> i wish i wish if number one if somebody's gonna do that i wish they'd do it to those little clapper boards and the train stations mm. you know because that seems like do you know what i'm talking about the ones that clap when they because they a lot mm -hmm. of stations now have digital ones but if you go to some stations they have the old school ones that's like just an audio sound that i love that's you know leaving us but um apart from that the only Corporesano news that I got in my feed was that it's Prince Harry's favorite Eurovision song and that he wrote that in spare, which I don't know is actually true or if I'm like getting punked or something <laughs> okay. on my on my feed. Uh, OK, so as someone who read spare, admittedly, like he may have I don't recall seeing that in there. But on the other hand, like I was at the point in that in the book where I'm just sort of like skimming through it. Cause like, OK, he's talking about his military service. I don't care about that next. Yeah, you definitely needed to read the PDF version and then like search, just do like yeah, and then just, a, just, just like... do like a command F for Eurovision. In, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just... yeah, you needed a shortcut for that. Definitely. Yeah, because yeah, like if it if it somehow pops up in like the the end section there, I completely miss because it's like I'm done. <laughs> Apologies to Prince Harry's book. It's fine. I hadn't I hadn't assumed that either of you would have read. I, I was just like, and I didn't read it, so I don't know. But like, yeah, I mean, I, like, I was more shocked. I was like, Prince Harry watches Eurovision, and then I was like, oh no, it's the Meghan Markle mm. thing, right? Like, he doesn't. He just has to like the one song. That's fine. Um, okay, so Mike, yes. this is the time in my show where somebody gives me something to listen to that I didn't know existed, and I am now. Changed for dying the inside. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I, I am. I am like. Yeah, it cha changed forever. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a little bit of trauma involved with oh. this one. So your other song is, uh, and maybe not in a bad way. I don't know. I'm trying to get my head around this. So Valentina Monetta, the Social Network song, San Marino, 2012. So 
you have strong, I, I just asked for songs that you have like a strong reaction to, you know, like visceral, be it good, bad or otherwise. Why do you have a strong reaction to this song? Oh, although, like, please do not forget the parenthetical on that one. It's the social network song. Oh, oh, ooh, oh, oh. <laughs> I have so much to say about this, but, but no, I, I don't want to go first. Yes, go ahead. So I think this is a masterpiece. No, I don't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw that. I saw that Mike sent this one. I'm just like, I want to hear everything about so, this. I am a San Marino fan. And I think that this entry really established San Marino's brand in the contest, where it is a song that is. What is San Marino's? Can you please tell, Mike, can Mike, you, can also, you tell Mike, the kids Mike. in the class? Can you tell everyone in the class what San Marino's brand is? Because I'm not thinking of Serhat. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of everyone from San Marino, and I'm trying to put them in a block. Also, Mike, would you say that you're a Stan Marino? No. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't go for puns. You know that. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's that, that's yeah. my that's um, my view. I think the brand is just this misguided pop earnestness. Where like they're, yeah, they're just okay. yeah, yeah. like it's just like oh like we 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 just want to play and we want we want to be we want to be able to participate and uh it it it's gonna be slightly off brand in a way where it's like oh kind of a hydrox to an Oreo type situation and okay until until I saw this my synopsis of San Marino's brand is. Okay, but bring pepper spray. Starting with Serhat, mm. who with his like lounge vibes, his like, you know, his 70s lounge yeah. vibes and his like ASMR. Like, I'm like, I get it. You reminded me a little bit of my dad. Please step to just take two steps back. And I don't know, like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I, I can see that. I, I, I think that is a fair take. But I think part of it is also like Valentina Mineta. Like she just has such a magnetic personality. And I think there's a reason that she has represented San Marino four times. And I, I don't think it's just because San Marino has like 12 people. And they have a very small pool oh to choose from. But I'm sorry. This is the time in the podcast where I find out that someone has done a lot of Eurovision work that I've just discovered. This, this woman has, has four other entries. Oh, yes. Yeah, this, this is the first of her collaborations with yes. Ralph Siegel. Uh, she she oh. uh, first competed in 2012. Uh, this was followed up in 2013 with uh, the song Chrysalide. My original thought of this, uh, when I wrote about Chrysalide uh, for a blog back in 2013, my theory was that the 2012 entry was sort of a long con just to get people to pay attention to San Marino. Be like, oh, they sent that really weird Facebook song. Because it used to be called the Facebook song, but Eurovision forced them to change yeah. it uh, because you can't you can't have brands uh, in, in your presentation. But Chrysalide is a quality song. That is one that I still think should have qualified. In yeah, uh, yeah. Chrysalide Vola is the one from her that should have made it yeah. to the final. Uh, she competed for San Marino again in 2014 and actually finally made it to the final. It's the first... San Marino act to make it to the final. And uh, she also competed in 2017. So I think it's another reason why 2017 is so special for me. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, like this song, it's really goofy, but it's so earnest in everything that it's trying to do. And this is also before Facebook did the whole like get everybody to pivot to video. This is definitely before the Cambridge Analytica scandal. And it's right about social media and how awful it is or will become uh, within the next 10 years. Oh, yeah. No, like the, every time I listen to this song, it just becomes more and more of an episode of yeah. Black Mirror. Yeah. 
every time I listen yep. to this, you have listened, you listen to this song. Regularly. Oh, like I, I, I saw the list of songs. I'm like, you know, it's been a couple years since I heard this one. Let's, <laughs> no. it's, let's, let's see how, let's see how my palate has yeah, changed. And, like, I, I think it holds up. Isn't quite the right way to phrase it, but like, I, I think it is still a, decent enough song oh and it's also one of my favorite eurovision moments where if you watch the video of it on the uh official eurovision youtube channel of the semi-final performance unfortunately did not qualify uh there's the uh end of the postcard where the baku crystal hall is lit up in the san reno flag colors and before the backing track starts you can hear the, the kind of din of the audience uh and it, it's it's a little bit of a lengthy break, uh, but you can uh, just kind of hear the like mum, mum, mumbling of the crowd. And then right before the backing track starts, you could hear one person in the crowd go, yay. <laughs> and it's just like that person gets it. <laughs> and and it, it goes back to what I was saying about the, the person, the audience uh, in Turin that was cheering for Cyprus, where it's like, yeah, this might be that one, the person who said yay, this may be their favorite song in 2012. And, like, this is the year of Euphoria as well. And, like... Yes, the year Euphoria won. This was up against Euphoria. Yes, uh, they were in separate semifinals. Uh, the I still want to give this, I still want to give Valentina Mineta, like, a cuddle. Do you know what I mean? I want to be like, oh, you're up against Euphoria. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sorry. she had the Russian Grammys you know. in her uh, semifinals, so, like, it, it, it was a... Up, uphill battle regardless oh. but uh, but i mean people did were receptive to it it finished 14th out of 18 countries so i think there is a little bit of legitimacy behind it but no you are it's not that it's not legitimate i think yeah san marino definitely has a brand oh, i did this quiz about camp so you know i've, I've been I've, there's this yeah, susan sontag <laughs> wrote this thing about camp in the 60s and it's got it's a list so I made it into like a quiz because, you know, you can just take some elements and and, and I wanted to see if um, things that are considered campy do well at Eurovision, right? That was mm -hmm. the point. The point was to rate all of the songs. Anyway, a big part of that is authenticity, right? So, I mean, you think about your Barry Manilow or your Cher. And if I put her, if I put her up against, you know, kind of artists that are super authentic, okay. Fine. I, I, I accept what you're saying. And um, but you so say you genuinely like this song. You genuinely like this song for its authenticity. Yeah. Like, I mean, and it's, it's also weird mm -hmm. because this, this it's earnestness. Sorry, it's earnestness. earnestness. It's yeah. earnestness. Yeah. I meant to say earnestness is a part of camp. Yeah, Sorry. But, earnestness. Yeah. Is but I, I, I mean, I think her enthusiasm is authentic and it's consistent with like how she has presented herself every other time that she's been at Eurovision. And yeah, like I, I, I think it's delightful and not every song has to aspire to be euphoria sometimes a song can just be a fun song and i think this one mm -hmm. checks that box yeah i mean yeah fine so had is earnest achille lauro is earnest they all were even even whatever you uh, peaked jacks mm -hmm. this year they were earnest i was like i have seen that guy in high school you just, know early college years yeah. lead singer of a band like yeah, yeah although just absolutely. thinking thinking about this in the context of putting it next to your pika jacks and your Achille loros and your sunnits is like i feel like there's like a quiet undertone to san marino's brand of being horny on main yes yeah because like i was because yeah. like i was listening to yeah. lyrics of the song yeah. and like well this is what i'm saying like peak jacks i was like bring your pepper spray yeah, where I'm, where like, I'm just like, don't, this, he looks, he, he's cute, you know, but. Well, just again, just listening to it with with 2023 ears, uh, just sort of going, li listening lyrically and just going, 
Okay, so the EBU had a problem with the Facebook yeah. references, <laughs> but not like the three other things going on in this song. Yeah, well, there's that. So just some research love here on the Social Network song. If you haven't seen it or listened, it, heard it or any of it, just go to the show notes um, or the description in your podcast. You can just get a little link and go see it. Um, this song finished 14th place in the first semifinal with 31 points, although it did not qualify for the final. This was their best result since San Marino's debut in 2008. The Social Network song was the 20th Eurovision entrant by Ralph, she Ralph Siegel. I can't do it with my German accent. A few episodes ago, we had some lovely Germans on and they went on about Ralph Siegel. And I did a deep dive and I'm shocked that I did not come up with this gem. Anyway, EBU yeah, uh, said that the word the Facebook couldn't be used. However, like those outfits are definitely Facebook. Blue. Oh, yeah. Like I, I definitely <laughs> got it was they didn't need to say it. I was like, oh, right. Um, quote in the video, Moneta is styled more like a teenager than a mature woman uh, and can Ew. be. <laughs> <laughs> and can be I know. I'm like, why is that like in Eurovision? Really? Right now? Like, uh, do people need to be styled like mature women? Really? When when did that ever happen in Eurovision? Anyway, can be seen dancing around her computer bedroom with cheesy thought bubbles popping above her head. Uh, Forbes writer Ewan Spence describes San Marino's entry as, quote, the most cringeworthy Eurovision song in many years. Composer Siegel, who is behind 19 previous Eurovision songs in his career, should know better. Uh, I beg to differ. I don't think that this is the most cringeworthy Eurovision song in many years. Um, I I have to think to come up with you know more cringeworthy. I don't know. I think that that's. that's I don't even think it was the most cringeworthy of 2012. I... <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I my notes on this are ESC bingo. There's a flight crew reference because mm -hmm. they've got a pilot. So everyone take a drink. The village people vibe in the backup band. I wanted them all to do different things, right? I wanted like the cheerleader to do a cheerleader thing. I don't know. I yeah. Uh, San Marino does it again. Another winner from San Marino. I actually lived in Italy at the time. I am shocked. I've never heard this song. Right? There's like a real problem if it didn't make radio airplay in Rome. Fine. It's jazzy. It's boppy. Their Facebook blue is all right. The mouse references. Click here with my mouse. Yeah, she's not in a trackpad yet. That's fine. There is a certain like baby you can drive my car with the beep beep click click or whatever the, the the chorus is that I'm that's leading me a little bit to cheese. There's some Latin rhythms which are also a little bit cheesy. I'll take it. However, if I were going to pick a cover, right, a song, somebody that's going to cover this, it's like I want they might be giants to cover this. So I don't know if you've ever heard like Be My mm -hmm. Yoko Ono, where they. They, they write a throwaway song. It's got silly lyrics, but they manage to sell it and you love it. So that's it. I want I want They Might Be Giants to do a, a, a cover of this. Just thinking about wanting the, the various people in this act to do more. I just had the very cursed thought I need to share with both of you of just like, I just want to see what would Sasha Jean-Baptiste do with this one? <laughs> just yeah. like just mentally, I keep just like anytime there's an entry like this that just feels like it's going to be real divisive with the fandom. <laughs> just like, what would like, let, let's give this one to Sasha. Man, that's like a lamb to the slaughter, though. When you say like this, that's like, you know, nothing bodes well with that kind of, I don't know, like, uh, it's so, it's so, it's so it's fluffy and it's nice. Mm -hmm. And you like, don't want to no, think no, it's no, about no. to like, get murdered on stage by the judges or anything. I, don't I, know. I tend I mean, to have like an affinity for the thing that ultimately places like 14th in its semifinal. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we were like that with Circus Mercus. My son Aww. cried. 
So I would also point out that a new, for me, a newer, better, darker version of this was Mai Dire Mai by Willy Peyote, mm -hmm. which got sixth at San Remo in 2021. So, you know, 2012 to 2021, there is a darker version of the of the internet, and we've seen it with, uh, with Willy Peyote. So, Ben, we are to your, I think, yeah, we're to your selections now. Yes. Exciting. And you you made me trip over a thing that I'll tell you about later. So your first choice is uh, Kaya Cha Cha Cha. Why? Why do you what what is your reaction to this song? Why do you love it? Why do you not love it? Like I well, and like this one, I was fully prepared to have to pick something new because I'm like, OK, technically it is an old Eurovision song and that it is a month and a half since Eurovision ended and it is from That's this right. year. But like this one, like hits a lot of just sort of what I like in pop music right now is like over time. I find myself really enjoying pop music that dares to be a little bit abrasive. Mm. It, and, and like the the influence of hyper pop, the, this sort of movement that was started by, well, not necessarily started by, but certainly kicked off by this recording group online called PC Music. Mm. In about 2013, they just announced that after a decade, they are going to not release anything new after this year. But just sort of they introduced the idea of bringing, well, not, well, Introduced feels wrong, but they they brought more of an abrasive side to pop music and how things could be like plastic or just really, again, abrasive is a very good word. And you can still find a, a pop song from there. And like you're you kind of see a few places where it's starting to seep into Eurovision. I would argue that uh, Montaigne's entry from 2021 Technicolor is definitely flirting with the notion of hyper pop and like it didn't do well and it maybe have been ahead of its time, but Typically within our Eurovision season, there will come a point where a song will come will come out and I will go, that's it. That's the one. Wow. And like typically, I mean, I mean, yes. I mean, like, the one for you. That's my yeah, song of the year. More, that, yeah, more so. Winner. More. Yeah, it's like that's the, that that is my winner. Uh, my winner is very often not the actual winner. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, Hattori happened. I'm like, oh, and going back to the abrasiveness, like Hatrid Mudsigra, I have I'm not really a metal person, but I love what they're doing there with the mashup of like techno and just sort of like screamy metal vocals and and just sort of the whole art project going on behind that. Just thinking about like Incorpore Sano, like there is a whole thought behind every single step of this. And it feels very similar to me with like what Finland did this year is I I was about to say I don't speak a word of Finnish. I've been doing Duolingo since it won UMK, so I now do speak some words of Finnish. But the way that it communicated what's happening in that song without needing to be in English is fantastic to me. And then just like what really got to me, though, is just like understanding Karia as a performer and just sort of seeing someone who is just so fully themselves. is like that, like a the song makes me want to like like run through a wall like the Kool-Aid man is like I, I have like I've had like the adult zoomies when I would like hear it when it first came out. I'm just like it just it's a great pump up song. It's a great entry song. But then just behind it, just sort of the notion of this is on this is you've taken off Eye of the Tiger in your workout list. And this is what's on instead of that. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. No. Well, and like just for, like a very me example of this is there was for a couple of years a crossword tournament in the D.C. area where if you made the finals, you had walk up music. And like I would absolutely be submitting cha 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 if it was still happening this year. 
I do know for a fact, uh, speaking of Ralph Siegel, that one of the times my walk-up music, if I had gotten to it, would have been Genghis Khan. And I presume you've already ordered like a pair of silk, like, you know, like boxer heavyweight title shorts to do this, to do your entrance in? Uh, no. No. No, no, uh, but, uh, but no, just like... You did make your jacket. (laughs) But just like, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, I did like, I did dye my own neon green uh, denim jacket, though, so... You dyed there. denim neon green? Yes. Okay. Okay. I've, yeah. Have you I mean, washed my, it well, yet? My, 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 yes. Oh yeah. Okay, no, like so my, yeah, you've got to make sure my, it's my sister, fast. my sister used to be a fashion designer and has put up with years at this point of me going, hello, I have a weird cosplay slash other question. Help. Huh, okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, is, is, but yeah, like the reason that this song really stuck with me is that just sort of just seeing Karia as a performer and just sort of the the note, the message of the song about just sort of being a little bit more uninhibited and more fully yourself really mm. stuck with me again. Like I don't have situations in my life where I need walk up music, but when I need to pump up, like I go to this song and like, I keep thinking about it in like the same space as hot Turkey because around the time that happened, like I loved seeing Iceland sort of wrestle in real time with, there's a big political issue about the host nation this year. How can we do Eurovision, but also think about this? Mm-hmm. And I thought like Hattori managed to stick the landing between those two and what they did in their time there and the way that they approached their whole project with that was really interesting. And like, I don't think that Karia had any sort of grand political plan for what he was doing in Liverpool, but just sort of the energy that he brought all week was was really cool if that's the case why cha-cha-cha and not luke black's song you know if, if that's if that's your wheelhouse if like aggressive mm-hmm. is your wheelhouse i appreciated like the industrial touches in samomi saspava but samomi saspava didn't make me want to run through the wall through a wall like the kool-aid man is is just uh, like yeah, I, okay I just, can just see sort that. of i can see that there's a mashup of just particularly in the in the way that it transitions in the last third of the song where it moves from being this abrasive thing to be to being this sugary sweet thing at the same time and just sort of the the notion of pop music that can do both of those things at the same time is a really interesting space for me mentally i couldn't figure out what this reminded me of and i it's something that was out like 10 years i don't know if it was lcd sound system or spoon or something like that but it kind of reminds me of things i do love I, I don't think I had, well, I did have a song this year, but my songs were never going to win. So it's, that's fine. Um, so I'm definitely not like a Sweden versus Finland person. Are you that person? Are you bummed out now? Uh, like, I, I don't like on one hand, like in the moment, was I, was I disappointed? Yes, because I was, I was like, finally, one of my picks is going to win. Uh, yeah. because I thought that there was going to be more of a jury spread than there was. I I knew it was ultimately going to come down. I knew that Finland had the televote. It was just going to matter on how the jury did. But yeah. ultimately, I don't know. I feel like they're in like a pretty cool spot coming in second and having such a like magnitude of public love of the song is. So my other fandom space is one thing I do a lot is Mystery Hunt. And Mystery Hunt is a puzzle thing that happens at MIT where the prize for winning it's a it's a massive thing that takes over a weekend at MIT. The prize for the winner is that you are responsible for writing the next year's hunt. So the best place to be is second place, because it means you've probably seen most, if not all of. Yeah. That and then you hunt, don't have a work. Then you, you are not responsible job. for all of the work going into. Yeah. Going into writing that and has someone who has now written that. Yes. Second place is where you want to be. 
Uh, I had a great time writing. I got to write a puzzle about Eurovision, but also I essentially had a second job for all of 2021. That's yeah. So, yeah, no, I feel like Finland's in like a, a really good like UMK has been great for a couple years. They're really producing a great platform for producing new, interesting artists. And they're going to do fine. Like this feels like a this feels like a Verkus Raduka situation where we're going to fondly remember Cha Cha Cha, like even though it didn't win. This is like this is a, this is a Fuego. This is a a, a dancing Lasha to Mbai. Yeah. OK, fair enough. I'll take that. I'll take that. Mike, do you have any feelings about Cha Cha Cha? I have to ask because the, you know, the fan groups are, are, are irate. Yeah. I mean, last year it was like, you know. The, the right winner didn't win and now it's like the right winner didn't win and yeah the yeah. fan groups are gonna fan group but uh no i'm and like mm-hmm. i love cha-cha-cha uh just as much i like i'm also disappointed just because like i did not particularly like tattoo as an entry like this is nothing about lorene and i and it get it gets it just gets so sticky so quickly like, it's just like if you don't like it then like you're a monster. It's like, whatever. Like, and it's something that I just kind of attribute to being maybe a European thing. Like, I just do not get what the appeal of tat- tattoo is. Anyway, that wasn't the question. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> b- both of us have been like very vocal about how we feel about tattoo on our show. If, you, if you'd like to know, we have there are plenty of episodes this year where, where we're just sort of like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's just like, I, I don't hate it, but I don't like it. Yeah, but like with Cha Cha Cha, I think what really draws me to it is particularly in the performance like there, there's a sense of humor about it and like comparing that to yeah. like someone Misa Spava, there wasn't really a sense of humor about that song. It was a pretty humorless entry I found. Yeah. And yeah. Is Yes. Like I saw. Yeah. And like uh, Luke Black and Cario were the two acts I saw in the Euro Village. And like Cario was a lot was a lot of fun. He had like a full set. Luke Black was very serious. He had uh, someone Misa Spava and one other song that's sort of like in the middle of being written. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's was, the way that I would, yeah, figure that that would go. Your next song, and I'm going to go ahead and just say this before we get to this song, because I do not want to end the show on this, because it'll be just depressing. I discovered 1968 Eurovision through this, and 1968 Eurovision, first ESC in color, you know, they've got like a little background that's like a mid-century modern clock or something. It's got like some lattice. It's very cool. Eurovision in color is amazing. However, I discovered Cliff Richard in Eurovision. Oh, good. Eurovision. Yeah, I, was, I was hoping that's what it was. Just like, yeah, just like I just and... remember watching that during Eurovision again and just being like, oh, so that's what Austin Powers is supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, I've heard this on on your podcast and I agree. And especially maybe not, he, is, he wasn't his little, his, you know, the, he needed more of a whatever that neck thing is with the, poofy bit like the 17th yeah, yeah, century like, more, like a more exuberant ascot <laughs> yes he needs a more exuberant ascot and some like some worse worse teeth like now okay i know cliff richard because i'm now a dual citizen in the united kingdom and you cannot arrive at that status without having heard summer holiday which is positively horrendous but i'd never heard congratulations and like what is this song it is like a nonsense cross song between Ya Ya Ding Dong and like, fun fact, I used to work in a beer garden. And so there's like a lot of horns, you know, there's like a, like a lot of oompa mm-hmm. tuba going on. Yes. And yes. this has all of the charm of like a polka band when they start to play Roll Out the Barrel. And it's awful. It is so <laughs> inoffensive. It's offensive. I'm so unoffended. I'm offended. Like I, how, how have I missed this song? 
And I think this is actually worse than Paul Anka or Pat Boone, which is like the closest <laughs> American equivalents that I can come up with for this person. Yes. And this is the same year that like Jumpin' Jack Flash came out. So like way to go ESC on having your finger on the pulse. I've never been happier that somebody's lost by one point. So just for the record, like, you know, Cliff Richard lost this Eurovision by one point to Spain. I've never been happier retrospectively <laughs> that somebody lost by one point to somebody else. So take that Cliff Richard. And I watched a current video with him as well. And he mentioned it. He like, he's like, I don't know if he just had a few too many before he got on stage, but he was like, you know, I don't know if he said something like I am the real winner, but he definitely that that one point loss is still it's like sticking right there in his craw. I don't know. I think that one might be in the mix with sort of the second places that everybody thinks of fondly, because like when they had the 50th anniversary special for Eurovision, it was titled Congratulations. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the UK is very bullish on that entry. So <laughs> oh, yeah, no, like the UK, the UK is real proud of that one. Oh, they're going to pull my citizenship. <laughs> oh, man. No, I just can't. I don't, like, why does it exist? It's truly bad. Like, and I hardly ever say it. Like, I, you know, you want to see the good in everything. But oh, heck I, no, 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 So no. during the pandemic, uh, Sunit, uh, who was San Marino's entrant, she was doing a monthly video yeah. drop of her interpretations of past Eurovision classics. And she does one yeah. for congratulations that's kind of Mardi Gras carnival themed. I'm just like, yeah, what, what were like the three bingo balls she pulled out of the hopper yeah, that time? Yeah, I would recommend checking that one out. I, I don't know if it'll necessarily change your opinion of the song, but maybe it might make it a more palatable pe- It's at least an interesting interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> that's like um, a San, Marin- San Marinian that I would not need pepper spray for. So that's good that we've brought it right back full circle. I now feel like that's, yeah, like, yeah, I would love to chill out with her. Like, yeah, fine. She could be my Christmas. There you go. Yes. Yeah, which is a love song that I'm going to pen to Sunit. You can be my Chris Malampi. So help me, please, Ben, with the the name of this Yugoslavian yeah, entry. Yeah, J- yes, J- Jadan yeah. Dan, is it? It's Jadan Dan is the song. And the artist the is... The Dubraviki Troubaduri. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, like this one, like there was like a whole ESC 250 campaign for MFO from Turkey, from one of their 80s entries that that just has like a real good vaporwave feel to it that I think resonated. Like I, I wanted to pick something from like the the Eurovision again side of things of just like what were what are like the things from like the archives that, that somehow wormed their way into my into my Spotify playlists year after year. And one of the ones that did this uh, and also just because we had like a whole thing in our talk about how just sort of people responding in very of the moment ways to like very old Eurovision that just come back Yugoslavia and just nobody tell them that no, no, we do have Croatia. It's fine. Uh, but no, just like I like, cause like, like you, like the 19, like I also, I just wanted to balance out the fact that I was picking something very recent with picking something very old. I'm with you. Yeah. Why, why, why this? It's a, it's good. Like this one is, has like, Oh, like one of those weird timeless folk song qualities to it like it feels like it's just sort of existed forever and i like just thinking of it in like the same context as like edelweiss from the sound of music of of no this is not like an old song that's been around for like hundreds of years this is very recent yeah fine uh and just like in you have the context of the 1968 contest where yes it's not really matching what's going on in like rock and roll at the time it's very much the the sort of easy listening sort of proper music bubble 
And even within that, you have Yugoslavia sending a group that's doing like Madrigal style music as their entry that year and just doing this beautiful little folk song that just sort of got stuck in my head. And again, it just sort of keeps getting added on playlists of mine. And like, it's just it's like two and a half minutes long. And like, it it's, it's uh, yeah, it's it's just this really sweet little little folk song that I just really like returning to. And like in diving into, OK, like I did like a quick little deep dive into like the Dubravicki Troubadouri and like a bunch of their other stuff hasn't really stuck with me. This one has. But there's like a really lovely cover that uh, Croatian TV had this program. I'm not sure if they still have this program called Astrana, where it's just like a bunch of essentially like it's an outflow for a bunch of people who win the Croatian voice. Because <laughs> I was looking into the uh, which good for them. Like, it's great that they have like a show where it's just like, OK, cool. We have like a bunch of vocalists. The theme for this week is blah. Uh, here, here are a bunch of performances from them. There's like a live audience, and like I don't entirely know the context for why Yadon Don was involved in one of the episodes, but they have a couple, a couple performers who I looked up and like, yep, they both won the voice, uh, just singing a really nice version of Yadon Don. Oh, that's great! That's great like, that Yadon like, Don like, lives. Like forty something years later, we're like, this is clearly a very beloved song in that region because like the audience is singing along. They're super into it. Oh, that's great. It's like how Italians feel about Volare, maybe. Fine. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But yeah, like it's because like Yugoslavia, again, like you have like Yugoslavia no longer exists. You have all of the, the component nations still kind of doing Eurovision. Like Yugoslavia's one Eurovision win is from a Croatian act. Yep, yep. I picked this one just because it's something that I really enjoyed about uh, Eurovision. Again, is just sort of diving into... What did Eurovision look like in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s and finding little little nuggets? just like Twitter and just like my own listening just sort of like latched onto and just sort of kept around. This is a bonbon. This is like a, mm -hmm. a nice little thing that you, you know, you can pick out of a box and consume. It's lovely. I, I my notes are, is this a Christmas song? Because I can definitely see like playing this around around the Yule season came in seventh out of 15 uh, they're playing their actual instruments, right? Like the people are playing instruments here. It's very impressive. There's a flautist. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like, they're like, I think the group, it's one of those things where like in the modern contest and like, even for this contest, they're a larger group that had to like figure out which six were going to go to the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, that's lovely. That's lovely. And they've got like an electric mandolin. I don't know what's up with their mandolin loot situation, but it's amazing. No, no, I'll listen to this again. It's great. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, if, fun fact, maybe. We've got, uh, there's um, some former Yugoslavians, which is to say they got here when it was actually Yugoslavia, right? They they emigrated mm -hmm. from Yugoslavia here. And um, I'm constantly trying to get them into Eurovision, but I never know which country to tell them that they can we can all watch together. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a little bit culturally fraught. I'm like, we could watch whichever country you'd yep. like to <laughs> on Eurovision. If you just come over and I'll make some cake and there How you go. Belgium? Yeah. All right. Um, would you two like to plug anything at all? We have arrived at the end. Our program is the Eurovision is the Eurowhat podcast. Uh, it is anywhere podcasts can be downloaded. It, we are at Eurowhat.com. Uh, we are on most social media at at Eurowhat. Uh, we have a Patreon. If you if you like our show that much, we have a Patreon. We are doing sort of AV club. We are diving into media associated with things like we just talked about. Uh, the Johnny Weir coverage from this year, uh, we are like on the horizon. Uh, there is an entry in the 33 and a third book series about Abba Gold that we're going to be chatting about next time. 
Yeah, excellent. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. And if the American Song Contest ever uh, rears its head again, we will probably be talking about it on the Patreon. And uh, we talked about the one season that does exist. So, yeah, you can definitely check out the archives there as well. Any last hopes for Sweden? Venues, venues on a cruise ship. Where would where where are you guys hoping that you're going to go to? Uh, probably Helsinki and watching it from a bar there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm stubborn, but oh I, 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 I believe that's where our discussion has been. Like, what if we went to Finland? Yeah, but uh, I, you know what? It's funny you should mention that. I'm surprised that there has not been somebody who's like thought of this earlier. Because clearly, all of the all of the cha 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 fans could just do that. You could have a cheaper parallel Euro- Eurovision experience with with like other cha 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 fans where you. I mean, it's it's Finland, so it's the Nordic, so maybe not that yeah. much. <laughs> Fine. I'm just imagining a world in which, you know, parallel fans can just celebrate whatever country that, you know, they thought should have won while they watch it mm-hmm. on TV with other fans, you know, wherever they, mm-hmm. you where, know. Yeah, where, wherever, yes. Yeah. So, you know, again, I'd be in Zagreb, yep. but fine. Uh, but but no, like in terms of like where like I would like just having looked at the current cities available for Sweden, I like the chaotic option of like building a new venue in Gothenburg on the the former husk of the scandinavian whatever the new scandinavian is going to be just like add, just add like a fun logistical construction project because like they're very, again they're very good at eurovision like let's let's up the difficulty level have the venue ready in yeah. time yeah i mean well I've, I've now said i'm gonna end the show and i'm on another tangent however i imagine that martin osterdahl could do that in his sleep he's like a super he's got like super super osterdahl powers and he could probably just you know crank that right out and i've also i'm also semi-convinced that like i don't know if you've seen the johnny depp version of alice in wonderland uh, no willy wonka sorry mm-hmm. willy wonka where the oompa loompa is just the same person that's been cgi'd it's the same oompa loompa head this is the way i'm imagining that man zemmerlo is going to run eurovision single-handedly <laughs> you know he's going to be like He's going to be like all four members of ABBA. He's going to, you know, all you need is Mons. So I think Mons and uh, and Martin Osterdahl can probably handle that single, double-handedly. Just two of them. That's all you need for that. Well, and like, well, and like I feel like Bjorn from ABBA has said, even if the band isn't isn't going to reunite for the contest, he's around. So like, just, just loop him in, because that way Mons doesn't have to like race between the, the main stage and the green room. <laughs> well, he's you know, smelting the trophy or however the trophy exactly, gets, gets exactly. made and then also polishing it and like glass blowing up all the little bits that go on it. Yeah, fine. Fine. Fair enough. Well, I hope that you will come back. Oh, absolutely. This was a blast. Sometime. Oh, yeah, totally. I will be. I will okay. absolutely be, be back. Yes. Thank you very much. That's it for Eurovision Song Context for the moment. We release an episode on the 12th of every month. The doozith, if you will. You can find us on the podcast app of your choice. You can find show notes in the description of this episode or on our website at eurovisionsongcontext.fireside.fm. I'm also on Twitter at ESCContext if you want to say hi. Our music is Buckeye Bonsai by Vans in Japan. Editing is done by Max in Ukraine, whose details can be found in the show notes. (laughs) 